and they all we all lived the same lifestyle struggle we all grew up in struggle so like for me it was just about putting that struggle and outside like just on the map the last couple of years i've been pretty much inside i was locked up in 2020 in brisbane and then i got locked up in sydney even though i was making music in my free time most of my life and most of my days were going to um, partaking in drug activity being incarcerated for the past few years i reflected on a lot i have a lot of issues and i've been through a lot of um like trauma so i'm just trying to deal with that young soldier of god steady march oh uh, yeah uh, my name's tony um I'm from Auckland, South Auckland. I was born and raised in Otara, but um, went to Chapel Downs Primary, went to Rangomai Preschool, and then I went to Ferguson Intermediate. And then I ended up moving out to Rewa and I went and I stayed in Rewa. So, yeah, so I'm originally from Otara and Rewa. They also know me as Too Keen. I'm, I'm a rapper. Well, so they say. They used, they, they, they used to call me a rapper back here. Back in New Zealand, about six, seven years ago, I used to make music and, um, yeah, just rapping. So people know me as a rapper. Well, the music for me is like, I just started, it's a long story with the music, but I didn't think it, I was ever gonna blow up as a rapper. Like, um, we just started rapping with the boys. Um, one of the boys, his name's Jay Cuffs. The shout out to it also. Um, he, he had a little um, setup and it was a little garage band setup and I just started rapping there on SoundCloud. And then it just started blowing up. I didn't really remember how, how it blew up, but I just remember doing it. My first songs are probably like songs that are on SoundCloud. If you search up on SoundCloud, there's um, yeah, there's some songs on SoundCloud, and those are probably my first songs. And and then the first major song that actually like blew up was the one I'm down. It's called I'm Down Blood, and that one is like a song with all the boys on, it and there's probably boys like eighty boys from South Auckland to West Auckland. We put them all together, and they're all bloods too. And they all, we all lived the same lifestyle struggle. We all grew up in struggle. So like for me, it was just about putting that struggle and outside, like just on the map, like music, like musically wise. The last couple of years I've been pretty much inside. Yeah, the last, the last couple of years I've been pretty much inside. I was locked up in 2020 in Brisbane and I did a year and a couple of months for a robbery. And I got found out guilty at the end of that. At the end of the um, 18 months, I got, oh, at the end of, 14 months, I got found out guilty and I walked from Brisbane. And then, so I was locked up in Afogori and that's a remand center. And I got released and then um, I was out for a few months, but um, because of my baby mama, like long story with her, but she left me while I was in jail. So I got out to, after being a father for six years and then being locked up, I got out to no family pretty much. And then I was out for a few months and then um, I was just immediately back on the run. And then I ended up running to Sydney and then I got locked up in Sydney for another 20 months. And then I've just been released in September. Yeah. Wow. Well, so how long have you been back here in New Zealand for? Uh, three weeks. I've been here for three weeks now. Mm. Coming back from Australia. Yeah. Going on to the fourth week now. I, I got released on September 14. So I've been only out for a few weeks. Um, so it's, everything is still pretty new to me. And on top of all of that, this interview too. So, <laughs> like on top of everything else, this interview is just I'm pretty like I'm like very picky with the words that I'm saying because I don't know what's been going on for the past few years. So, what sort of led you moving to Australia? Um, to Australia. Well, that's actually a very good question because um because I didn't realize until I got back that a lot of people have been asking where I was. But my father passed away in 2018. So my dad passed away in 2018, and he 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 lived there about. 2010, like he left our family 2010. 
and I didn't have contact with him for many years and then he passed away in 2018. So I went to Australia for that originally. And then when I went to my dad's funeral, I kind of rekindled my relationship with all my brothers and sisters. And then um, I just felt like I've been missing from my family for years. So I felt like I owed it to them to remain there for that year to try like rekindle my, my, my friendships or my, my, my family and try to stick back with my family. So I remained there for that 2018. And plus it was a good country for my kids as well. So I kept my kids there. So I was trying to build a life there, but I ended up getting locked up and um, a couple of years later. For, for that year I was there, 2018 and 2019, I actually got signed with a record label. And that record label was through Red Honcho and that, um, some boys from, um, from Sydney. I just met Red Honcho like in the streets and um, he had a record label called Another Level. And um, I went through to go record a song with Red Honcho and then um, that one night that I featured on a song, his, uh, his manager wanted to sign me with another level and I ended up signing on with another level and then I was with that record label. It was a two-year contract and I was there with them for that year and I dropped a few music videos. It's all on YouTube too, so. It was all right, it was good, it was productive, but um, to be honest, to be very honest, like the music thing for me was like just every weekend. Like I was pretty much dabbling in like, I was, I was dabbling in drugs and a lot of drugs too and just partying like just in Mount Druid with a lot of Mount Druid boys because there's heaps of good Mount Druid usos. There's a lot of solid usos out there and like on the, on the weekends we party and that. So even though I was making music in my free time, most of my life and most of my days were going to um, partaking in drug activity. Like I don't want to mention what drugs, but people that seen me out there, they know what kind of drugs that I was dabbling in and they were hard drugs and I was getting involved with a lot of that. So. So it's pretty much a blur, like, and to be honest, like my music thing was all a blur, but I'm glad that it's there in a sense of what my past looks like and what, what I was going through. I was probably going through a lot at the time. So, um, Brisbane, it was, uh, so it was a robbery. Long story short, I was loyal to some boys that weren't really loyal to me and they've been arrested and, um, well, he got arrested. And then a couple of weeks later, I got arrested from my house. So six months into my lagging, I got a brief, I got my brief and I got my files and it had his statement on it. It had my co-offender's statement on it. So my co-offender pretty much dobbed me in and then I took it to trial. That's why I got found not guilty. I got found not guilty because I took it to trial and the only thing that held was his statement. So um, that all got thrown out in court. But it's pretty much just, I was loyal to a couple of boys that weren't really loyal back to me. So that's pretty much all it was. Um, the system, it's good. Uh, the, the, well, the system's not good, but the boys that you meet there are mad. Like you meet mad boys there. And um, for me, the only thing that was a problem for me was I was not from the area because I was only in Brisbane for about a couple of months and then I got locked up. So it was pretty new to me. And um in all honesty, I was just lost. And plus, because like I had my missus and my kids, so I thought I was gonna get out, but I didn't get out. Like I waited after many months, I just didn't get out. And then after a year, I still wasn't getting out. So like, yeah, it was just all new to me, I reckon. And plus being in an environment you never grew up, like it was just hard for me mentally, yeah. so. And then, yeah, I got released from Brisbane and then I just got out and yeah, I ended up going to Sydney because I got out and started dabbling in drugs. Pretty much, to be honest, drugs ruined like m my life before I went to my Sydney lagging. And um, it's just hard to remember everything that happened. But um, 
yeah, I ended up in Sydney and then I just ended up getting locked up there and meeting a lot of other boys there. Solid boys, OC, Bloodline, because I wasn't affiliated to no gangs there, so I kind of um, met all sorts of different gang members. Well, people label them as gang members, but I see them as the individuals they were every day. We train together, like we eat together, so I got to see them as the person they were rather, rather than the patch that they were wearing. So did you get recognised much in the Sydney jails for rapping in that? <laughs> Yeah, so heaps, yeah. Like I remember, I was pushing, uh, I was pushing uh, of the rubbish, the rubbish trolleys, and we take them out to empty the bins, and boys were yelling out, and they were like, "Too keen, is that you?" <laughs> and I was just like saying what's up to them. I was like, "Yeah," and then so a few, a few parts that I went to, a few wings that I was locked up in, there was a lot of boys that recognized me, and to me, like every time I went to a part, I was very cautious whether they knew me in a good way or a bad way. Because, but at the end of the day, boys that are locked up and they're real, they're real. Like they, they wouldn't really run up on you if they know that there's no reason. So a lot of boys were very just, I could see on their faces, they were just very curious to see what that was about. But there was a lot of people that recognized me, even officers too. There's a lot of screws like after locking, after locking, they come to my door and then they're talking to me at my door and they're asking me, oh, Missy, are you too keen? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then they try to say, like, they say that, oh, their family and that uh, loves the music. What am I doing and stuff like that? But uh, I couldn't really be talking to the officer at the door after locking for too long. <laughs> so I was trying to cut the conversation short. Every time I was trying to cut the conversation short. But, yeah, there was a lot of officers that recognized me too. To be honest, like, there was, like, they were trying to, like, there's things that were happening that they let slide just because they kind of knew me as a rapper. But like to me, it's like I didn't want that kind of like privilege from them because the boys and that we there's just you know there's just a line between officers and inmates, and you just don't cross that line. So as much as awkward it, as it was, because a lot of officers, those officers that knew my music were trying to like be cool in that, I just couldn't show coolness back in in the time of incarceration. So, yeah, but so that's that just that it. yeah, that's just that part of that you know yeah, yeah. Mm. i only started writing rhymes when i was putting segro so segro is like isolation full isolation you don't get tv you don't get your brave wall you don't get your kettle depending on which segro you're in depending on what jail and what their rules are for segro but during segro i was writing a lot of rhymes and i was writing heaps of rhymes and i still got a lot of things but rhymes were, uh, is like it's just a meditation process for me like i just write what happens what what i go through and then yeah, it just fades off in the air. So I did write a lot. And the deportation process, I'm still currently going through it. Like, I got, so I got released on September 14th from Clarence Prison. And I've walked out the gates and immigration's waiting. They were waiting at the, at the gate. They were waiting pretty much at the office where you get released from. And so it was in the morning. I got released at six in the morning from Clarence Prison. And they were waiting at the office. And so they've put me in a van. And straight from that van, I've been escorted to the airport. And my flight was booked at nine o'clock, September 14th. And I, I'm, I'm on a plane by nine o'clock. And then by 12 o'clock, I've landed here. It's the same day that I've been released. So um, when I landed here, they, 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 um, they handed me over to some officers. And those officers escorted me to a hotel in um, Queen Street. So I was at Queen Street for that, that week. And um, after Queen Street, I had to check out for a week. And then I went to a Papatoy Lodge. I was there for a week and now I'm here. This is my third, fourth week that I've been out. Um, I grew up in Otara, but until the age of 15, then I moved to Rewa. Yeah. And I stayed in Rewa from the age probably of 15 all the way up till I left the age of 21. So pretty much from Rewa. I would say I'm from Rewa, to be honest. Yeah, it was like freestyles at parties. 
the boys would be drinking and we just start freestyling. It would, it would just be wasted freestyling about whatever problems are going on for that week, whether they also got kicked out or whether the mystics of his family or anything, whatever we're going through, we're just freestyling about it while we were wasted and, you know, and stoned. So, so what sort of led to the gang banging side, bro, for you? And all the uh, for me, it would have been the brotherhood, you know, like just, like just when you're smoking and drinking with boys from the area and like when you struggle together at that age, when you just go out in the public and like you just have a sense of struggle together. And so when you go into the public, people that you don't know, when they have altercations with your friends, you get involved. So for me, it was always about brotherhood. Right from the start, it was like if if I'm a friend to somebody and they get involved with fights, I'm there too, regardless. And it's not really a question of why, where, when. It's just a matter of survival during those certain moments. A lot of times you're with your brothers and that in the streets. Boys, people that grew up in poverty know that drugs are always around, whether you're trying to look for an escape mentally or you're just trying to have a good time. I just being around out in the streets with a lot of free time to yourself and a lot of time on your hands, you end up dabbling in drugs. So I guess that's just how it came along and just come with the lifestyle. Um, I was in Mount Druitt first. And so Mount Druitt was like, it's kind of pretty much like South Auckland, just a bit more flasher, but there's heaps of islanders there, heaps of islanders in Mount Druitt. And uh, Mount Druitt's very, they stick together. They stick together. They know if you're from outside, you know, but, because I was affiliated with a lot of bloods here, there was a lot of bloods in Mount Druid too. So me kind of like sinking into the area was, I met a lot of bloods there, you know, a lot of bloodline boys that were there. And so I started kicking in with them and um, started meeting a lot of uh, the Mount Druid boys there. But when I went to Brisbane, I was in Woodridge and Woodridge has a lot of islanders as well. Like pretty much I can only get along with people that, <laughs> like I can only get along with people that come from poverty lifestyles because like we understand each other. So I, I reckon no matter where in the world I go, I always I'm always with people that struggle. So um yeah, so pretty much like it was pretty much similar to here, I reckon. Mm, Mount Jordan and Woodridge pretty much the same. I'd say we were living it from before rap. I'm I'll say that we were living struggles, poverty, all these things we were living it before rap. And when I started rapping about it, because if you see on my music, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, I, I haven't posted none of that. Like, none of my music have been posted from me. All my music is either posted from my cousins, from a record label, or from people that record it, but not any of those music videos are recorded from me. And that's, to be honest, that's pretty buzzing thinking about it right now because I haven't done enough, none of that stuff. So I'm being judged for a lot of things. Like, I did put the music videos together, but I didn't think that was going to blow up as big as it has now. So for me, it's like... um. That lifestyle was always a lifestyle, and I never ever thought that rap would betray what we were doing, like would 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 force what we were doing. We were just talking about what we were doing, so yeah. But then, in a sense, it kind of goes to a point where it plays hand in hand, where like the more people feed off your raps and that, and then the more people see you, you start meeting a lot of people, and then you start getting involved in like just a lot of things, you know, whether it's on another level or whether it's like. Just, you just get involved with a lot of things. So I ended up drowning and getting involved with a lot of boys and things like that, yeah. Yeah, I saw the video, I saw the views go up. So as soon as it was posted, my girl cousin posted it. And then as soon as like she posted it, I seen within that hour, it hit a million views, like within that first hour. And then it started slowly veering off from that. And 
it was really nothing to me. Like I just, I just seen the views go up, and I was just like thinking, oh fuck, people like it, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like think too much about it, and then um, so all I knew was like that people like it, and plus I was just new to online stuff too, so I just didn't really know that there was actually people watching it. I just see numbers on the phone, and I just think it was numbers, you know. I didn't think it was actually real people watching it and judging it. So, so I was always going to the booth and recording, and people were. So I think people that. And whoever is out there that, that, that worked with me during music, they'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. That I, I just come through if I was wasted or just stoned and I'll record. And whoever put things together, just put it together and put it online. So pretty much that's just how it was. Everything was random, I reckon. A uh, video producer named Nigel. Uh, Nigel Eric, I think. Or Eric Nigel, sorry if I'm getting your, your name wrong also. Um, yeah, Nigel. But he's really good. Um, he was really good that day. He was crazy. He was a good uso too. He was a mad uso. So um, he filmed our thing that day. So, fuck, if I could remember his production stuff, I would say it, but I forgot. Held me back yeah, from well, doing from it. Continuing, you know what I mean? Um, riding that wave. I think just my decision-making. Just my decision-making. I always used to think that I was too busy for it because, like, there was a lot of... Like now, like being incarcerated for the past few years, I reflected on a lot of situations where people rang me and messaged me and they said, I'll also come to the booth. I can introduce you to these people. I can do something positive for you. And I always used to say I was too busy for it. I always used to say, oh, now I'm too busy. But I was too busy doing nothing. I was too busy either, to be honest, if I was fried, scattered, or if I was drunk, I was always too busy to, to do certain things musically. So, But only when I felt like it, I would go to the booth and go out of my way to do things, but I never even thought I ever had a career. Even till now, I still don't think I have a career. Like, even till now, I don't see myself as a rapper. Like, um, and I've never had time to actually reflect on my life until I was incarcerated. So everything that, that that's out there, it, the public made it, whatever it is. But for me, myself, I'm just, I, I got a lot of issues, you know? I have a lot of issues and I've been through a lot of, um, like, trauma. So I'm just trying to deal with that. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, so I think what held me back was just that I didn't really know that I had a career. Well, I'm still currently trying to be positive. I'm not saying that I fully got there, but I'm still trying to be positive. But for me, it was just a sense of loneliness when I was there. Like, because I lost contact with everybody when I was in Australia. Like, every single person, I lost contact with them. So, um, including my own family. Like, I lost contact with my own family. So... I'm probably the only person, if any of the Brisbane boys or Sydney boys that are watching that I was locked up with, if they remember, they know that I never had a visit. I never had a visit any of those weeks throughout the whole two and a half years that, or three years that I was locked up. I never had a visit. I had a visit maybe two, three times. I had a visit from my family. Everything else, everything else was on the phone. So pretty much what changed for me was like, was loneliness. Um, And then sitting in a cell, like at nighttime, like, just by myself with no like emotional support i had to really dig deep in order for me to um to like just be happy the next day or even just to um because there was many days i even like started dabbling in really hard drugs and there i got to a point where it was just really bad and i nearly took my life a few times in myself so to be honest it was just that um but i don't really want to go into it but that just loneliness and just hard times got me to a point where i just started training hard I started training like hectic and heaps of the boys that train, like we all train and that just takes your mind off it. So, so yeah, pretty much just hard times and loneliness changes that. So um, the training's mad. The training is just pretty much for the mental, I reckon. I'm um, like, 
and because like I didn't really know people from there, so I didn't really have time to like associate with people that were just one. They wanted to party and do drugs in a cell. I was more like just go out, put my shoes on, and with all the hours of the day, I was like I wanted to do push-ups. I couldn't even do ten push-ups when I first got locked up. When I first got locked up, I couldn't even do ten push-ups. So just like with all the time in your hands, you eventually start training. But I just started loving. It. I started falling in love with training because everything that I was going through mentally from my life, whether it be in New Zealand or whether it be with family and stuff like that, I'd always just take it out in the yard, hitting the bag, boom bang, hitting the pads, burpees, get down, push it. I just pu- I'll just force my my mental, you know. And in jail, you can't really slack off. So the boys in there, they make you push your limit to to the fullest. So so I thank them for that. I thank all the boys that um that really pushed my mental because results started coming after. Like next thing I knew, I look into the mirror and I'm actually like looking good, you know, from compared from back in the day when I had like a fucking double chin, beer belly. So like yeah, results come, you know, results come. Uh my plans just um stability. I just want to be stable. I just want to. Just maybe make sure that I just don't go insane or so. <laughs> I just don't want to go insane or so. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm stable and just fucking um, um, just do what I'm doing and go at a slow pace and not worry about no fucking music stuff, no things like that. If that thing comes with it, then it'll come with it. But other than that, I just want stability and just working because I owe it to my family and I owe it to to a lot of people that looked out for me that that really go under the radar and I don't really like uh, mention them and that but they still care for me because whatever reason they care for me and I love them back you know and any of the other boys out there that actually got genuine care for me and things that happen like I got mad love for them you know so I've always got time for them Um, but other than that I just want to just make sure that um, yeah I stay working stay positive and whatever comes comes you know whatever good karma comes it'll be good good energy so it's good I love it, bro. I love it. Like, just all the poly boys that are out there doing anything productive, I've always got mad love for it because, like, I, that little that little part of my life that I was doing music was probably the happiest times of my life. And um, it was the best moments of my life. And it's, like, moments that are priceless. You can't get those moments anywhere else. So if, it, if it's good for the boys out there and it brings them positivity, but you can't take the good with the, without the bad. The bad always comes with it, too. So, like... But I always got mad love for any of the boys that are out there doing poly music and that because if it helps them out, it helps them out. But there's a lot of talent going on and um, yeah, so just keep it up. If all the boys out there doing do, doing music and that, keep that up. It's better than jail. It's way better than jail. Trust me. Like I used to, I, I never really took my music thing seriously, but after these past few years, I'm dying to be a rapper. Now. <laughs> I'm dying to be a rapper. I want to. I want to go and do all these rap things again. You know, but. It can't even be a rapper if you don't have a car, if you don't have a house. So you got to do the basics. A lot of people like flossing. They don't really have it in real life, you know. Whether it comes from whatever, I don't want to mention it, but like, yeah. So yeah, that's what I think about that. Just if there are any fans, like if I get back to music, the music will be there. And to my family, like, I apologize to my family if I've ever done any wrong to my family. And um, to the boys that I met, it was solid meeting all the boys. Like, we all try to live our life like 100 miles an hour, you know? We all live in the fast lane, but, like, sometimes we got to remember that there are people that care about us out there, heaps of people that care about us. And um, 
sometimes it's like not about the times that you're out it's about like when you're by yourself and if you're really happy inside you know so that's pretty much the only message i reckon just yeah care about yourself and f focus on number one you know focus on focus on yourself love yourself first and you can love others i reckon